Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! put me in a little bit of a spinner over here. Every morning, my family puts me in a new circus uh, ride. Just to, you know, I find that it helps get the energy up. It helps get the energy up to face the day. Why? Because sometimes facing the day feels like I'd rather not. <laughs> feels like, you know what? I think I'm going to stay home and just lie in bed. And then I see my wife's face and my kids' faces. And it's like, oh, no, these people rely on me. That's right. I'm an independent. I work for myself. I have I have no freedom. That's not the truth. I have more freedom than just about anybody else out there that, that I'm that I have like really close relationships with. But the only thing is I don't have here's the thing. People think you're you're working for yourself, like you're gonna you're like, I'm sick of working for a boss. And I'm gonna work for myself. Well, you don't know that what you're doing is you're putting yourself into a meat grinder where you don't have one boss anymore. You have like all these nameless, faceless bosses. They're called customers. They're called clients, and you're trying everything to get more of them. <laughs> you have to try to get them, right? There's things in business that cost us energy and time to do, and uh, sometimes you feel exhausted. Sometimes you'd rather, like, you know, have a lie-in, as my wife, who's Canadian, calls it, right? You just got to have a lie-in with your bunny hug and your took. Those are my Canadian words. There you go, you guys. <laughs> but, but that was good. I like that laugh. Was that you, Jen? <laughs> I'm a Canadian over here. It's a toque. It's not a toque. A oh, sorry. <laughs> You're right, laughing eh? at me, not with me. Dang it. No, no, with you, with you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, on the show today, this is the Fizzle Show, where every every week we talk about things that are that are relevant to indie business builders. Okay, these are people who are earning a living or working towards earning a living, doing something they actually care about. This is the dream of the internet. This is the dream of networked humanity. This is the dream of I have something that's valuable that I can do that's pretty niched out and pretty specific. Like I can colorize anime, uh, whatever. Uh, What's the thing called when you're making a movie and, and you just storyboards? I can I can colorize anime storyboards or whatever. And now it's like you're in San Diego, but the people, you know, from Studio Ghibli out in Japan, they're like, we need someone's <laughs> help. They find you on Upwork. <laughs> now you're now you're like, you know, colorizing Totoro 2. Sorry, that's like probably a lot of people don't understand how amazing that would be to colorize Totoro 2. But the point is the dream of the internet is there you have something you can do and there's someone somewhere else who needs that thing that you can do and they're willing to pay you money in exchange for your time, effort, energy and attention. Right? So this is the, this is like a this is like the dream of the internet that like we can as a global sort of unit and potentially potentially one day even getting off this planet we can uh, have a network where there is a need and someone who is good at fulfilling that need is found easy uh, effortlessly and and you're able to do the work and you're able to keep in in uh, in you know financial yeah, I, I don't know. You can weather the storms financially. You can uh, you you can have a level of freedom in your life and a level of autonomy. This is the dream of the internet, right? This is the dream of what we uh, what we hope we can do with this amazing technology that puts us together. And uh, there is a dark side. <laughs> there is a dark side to this. The dark side is uh, with potential for you to do 
almost limitless numbers of things or different kinds of things, even limitless, limitless kinds of things. Like there's a thing that you could do right now and put it out on, on, you know, Craigslist or Upwork or whatever. And who knows if it ever gets, gets found, but like, it's something that's never been said before. It's like, I am a bathroom tile, uh, destruction art manager. Or something like that, where you you take the tiles and you create art out of it somehow, but like you're just the manager of that process. <laughs> I don't know. And potentially you can find someone who's need, who needs something like that, right? Well, the story goes, you might be able to find things out there to do that, like at all times, a- a- all the time. There's always something for you to do. And this is something that happens to a lot of entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs resonate with this. Uh, this experience where there is never enough time. Have you ever heard your mom say that? Oh, there's just never enough time in the day, right? Moms <laughs> get it too. Um, there is this thing that happens where you have so much work you could be doing that there's never, there's just like, there's like, it's almost hard to start any one thing because there's so many things you could possibly be doing, right? It's hard to get that focus and actually just just block out everything else except for this one thing that we're working on, just one foot in front of the other. In order to do that for me, I have to have a, a, a like, I have, to, I have to just have the thought. Wait, look at me. I'm pretty scatterbrained right now. I could sit at this computer for the next two and a half hours and just kind of like bounce around from half task to half task to like mm-hmm. Facebook news feed and feel at the end of the day like I did not accomplish things, like, like I was not a valuable person today. I spent most of my days doing that at one point in my entrepreneurial journey. It's like a phase we all go through. And then you learn you have to focus. Then you learn you have to be pretty cutthroat. And you have to, uh, otherwise, it's like the only way to kind of feel at the end of the day like you got something meaningful done. But here's where the real rub is. Most of us, or, or, or let me just say many of us who are starting our businesses, we have a job first, and then we want to start our business on the side. So there is different kinds of jobs. There is different kinds of ways that you can get, you get like some time on the side or time during the day to work on your business. But one of the big things that we're talking about today is how do we manage our energy levels so that we can actually accomplish something on the side? Because as you're going to discover, uh, if you haven't yet, that sometimes you get home from work and it's just like, you know what? I just want to freaking relax. I don't want to put myself under the pressure of like, how am I going to grow my email list tonight between 9 and 12 p.m. <laughs> or whatever, 9 p.m. and 12 a.m., right? You get, you get to these points where it's like, dude, I don't want to work on my lunch break. I don't want to do this. I don't have enough energy. I can't give this right now. So this right. is what we're talking about today. And on the show, we have... Aiden Fishbein. Aiden, say what's up. Oh, good day, fine people. Good day, sir. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> and we also have with us the lovely and talented Jen Rao. Rao! Rao. <laughs> no, I'm going right. Rao! <laughs> oh, Say hi. hi, Jen. Hi. Hi, hello. <laughs> I love that. I'm just going to laugh this whole hour. That's all <laughs> I'm going to do. So, I'm um, encourage Chase so much. Uh, uh, thank you. I really need that because Corbett just doesn't give me the giggles anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we brought the pause back. 
uh, yeah. block back last that was episode. A good that pause was pretty block. stellar. Yeah, I hope that there's some people out there who remember the pause block who experienced it last uh, last week because because it, it was a blast. You know, I don't get any feedback on this show anymore. I, I I'm not. I don't see people writing into the email anymore. So I, as far as I can tell, people are still listening to this show, but I, I don't actually have any proof of that. Uh, I have the proof, Chase. Okay. They still love it. Okay, good. People I, are liking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. That's, that's all I'm here for. That's all I'm here for. So, so Aiden, tell us, like, like bring us into this, to, to this, this topic that we're talking about today, because uh, I know that a lot of people who, if they still listen to the show, if there are listeners to this show, there will be a lot of them who have day jobs. They really right. will. And who are trying to manage their energy levels, working on both their, you know, whatever corporate work or day job stuff. And then on the side or nights, evenings, weekends, this kind of thing are working on their own thing. And, and I want to I want to get them some, you know, some rich tips on uh, or at least just lessons learned on on how they can f- teach themselves how to do that well yeah subjectively you know <clears throat> and yeah the um you you did you kind of set it up already but the idea who we're talking to right now are, are people out there that you're you're trying to build your thing and you do have a day job and this day job let's just say occupies most of your week maybe it's a nine to five maybe it's 30 40 50 hours a week yeah um for a lot of, there's a lot of other podcasts, there's a lot of other kind of build your business entrepreneur talking heads out there that give fairly similar advice, which is, you know, wake up early, build before work, work yeah. on the lunch break, yeah. stop watching Lost. And yes. then, and then, you <laughs> well, know. Stop watching Lost is this classic, classic right, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> a lot of people, they might not know how long Gary Vaynerchuk has been at this, right? Being like a talking head and an interesting person and talking about hustle and stuff like that. But he has, I mean... We should put it in the show notes here. There's a there's a talk he did at what was like the Web Summit 2.0. Do you remember the name of it, Aiden? Gosh, no, I, I don't know. But it was it was a long time ago. It must have been ten years, maybe. Yeah, and one of the famous points of he's like, stop watching Lost. You can get right. things done if you turn off the TV. And he's just the whole thing is just hustle, hustle, right. hustle, hustle, hustle. And it was really inspiring. I mean, for like we got. I mean, we probably have. I probably got like seven years of motivation out of that one video. Like I'd occasionally totally. go back to it, you know, every, every year or two I'd go back to it and it is, it's inspiring. Um, but why, why were you bringing that up? Well, it's, it's really good wisdom for perpetually lazy people, but there are still people out there that just don't have the time. And if they stop the only enjoyable little piece of relaxation in their evening, they'll literally crumble to dust. Oh my goodness. You know? yeah. So we want to make sure that, you know, the the advice I guess I'm getting at is that, you know, it's to find and make and squeeze time around the gaps around your day job. And that's a really tough thing to do, especially if your day job is very taxing. So um, it's not bad to want to enjoy a little Game of Thrones or Lost, oh. in my opinion. It's totally normal. Um, and I think there are there are alternative ways. And that's why we've got uh, Jen on Jen on the line. Um, there are alternative ways if you're serious about your thing um, and you're committed there's other options for side hustling your business all the way off the ground. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about um, this thing that we're calling a working sabbatical. We'll be kind of talking a little bit about how to uh, how to remote your physical job with some tests. This is not a new idea, but we feel the need to bring it back up. And just generally, you know, how to um, how to find minimum viable employment so that it's not stealing. We talked a lot about this in the, in the gigs episode, the mindless flow state thing so that you reserve your creativity and your resources and your energy yeah. 
for your business. Yeah. Okay. I like this. And Jen, I want to hear your story in a second, but first I want you to explain a little bit, Aiden. I love this concept of minimum viable employment. Okay. So people out there might've heard of minimum viable product where it's like the smallest or the least amount of work possible for you to put a product together that is still viable. Okay. Hold on. Let me look up dictionary for uh, viable really quick. Viable. Viable. What does viable mean? It means capable of working successfully. All right. right. It is feasible. So the minimum viable product is a, a concept that's taken the startup world by storm. It came from the Lean Startup book, which I highly recommend to anyone out there just because get, get yourself thinking like these startups, it, 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 the concept of iteration, the concept of just getting started, the concept of this idea, this minimum viable product. Well, when he, when he said minimum viable employment, I was just like, oh, what's that? Like, so tell me what you mean by that, Aiden. Yeah, so it's like one more step reverse engineered from minimum viable income. Um, so everything about building a business, the way I look at it, and and I don't think I'm unique, but it's very, very systematic. Um, if I have a big goal, my first instinct is to try and chop it up into little bits to figure out, okay, what needs to come before that thing and then what thing needs to come before that thing. And eventually I get down to uh, thinking about, okay, well, how much money do I need to be making so that I can focus enough time on my business to get it successful. So then the, the logical next step before that is, okay, how many hours do I need to be working? What kinds of things do I need to be doing during those hours to make the money that is now the minimum viable amount of money so that I can then do the thing so that I can build the business so the business takes off and then I hit that lifestyle goal. Um, and this is really, you know, don't give me that much credit because this is kind of like my distillation of of Jen, what, what Jen, what you did, you know, was like, <laughs> let's be really, really, really ruthless about income, like pare it down. You know, I don't know if you guys ever listen to Mr. Money Mustache, but this dude rides his bike to the grocery store and like spends half a cent for a week of rations for his family and is able, he's calculated his entire trajectory for the rest of his life. Um, without ever needing to take another job. Um, and he's like, I think early forties, maybe late thirties. Um, so like maybe that's pretty ridiculous I, in my opinion, but that's a great example of the other side of the spectrum and we can find the middle ground. Mm, I like this. Okay. So Jen, I'm so curious about how, how you found your way to minimum viable employment. Take, take us to like, I don't know, where does the story start? Does it start with you working at a, having a, some sort of a day job and, and trying to work on your, your business on the side and not, ha and like just feeling like I've felt before, kind of a burnout, a kind of not having enough energy for things. Where does this start for you? Oh, totally. So when, in the intro, when you're like, you know, you come home from work and the last thing you want to do is work and like build your email list. I was just sitting here like nodding. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I bet so many listeners were too. So I was working in a district manager position uh, for a cafe um, and I oversaw lots of staff. I had people reporting to me. I had my phone on 24-7 in case of emergency. Like the job was full on and I absolutely loved it. I was there for a long time, but when I joined Fizzle and when I knew that I wanted to make travel the number one thing in my life rather than work and full-time work, I was like, okay, I'm trying to, to work on this dream, whatever I'm building, 
outside of my job, but it was just, it's exhausting. You know, you get to the weekend and you just want to have a weekend. And so I would work on it in little spurts, but uh, I didn't get real traction in my current business until I, so I went pretty extreme and I did, I left my job. I left my job and then I started joking around that I was on a working sabbatical because I took work that was very easy for me, but it was the sort of thing where I could walk in, work, get paid and leave. And I didn't have that in my old job. You know, it was full on all the time. Um, so that's where I kind of joked around with calling it a working sabbatical. It's not that I took <laughs> a year off completely away from work. I found work that felt so easy and energizing for me that it was like I wasn't working. And then giving myself the space in my life to be away from working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, all of these new opportunities came about that never would have before. And now I work for fizzle. I like, I'm on this call with you guys. And, you know, that just wouldn't have happened if I was tied so tightly to my, my full-time corporate job. Oh so. my gosh. This is a, this is fascinating. Okay. So hold on, hold on, hold on. This is like a big idea. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. This is like a big yeah. idea. This is like a really big idea. Cause you know, every time we, we we're on the mics here or we're writing anything at fizzle, we're making a course. Like my head is, is course is like, it's like racing. It's racing because I'm like, I don't want to put something out there that somebody can't actually do. Do you know what I'm saying? That it, that like mm-hmm. that won't be healthy for someone, right? But there's all of these moments in my life where someone has encouraged me to do something a bit racy, a bit dangerous, a bit risky, right? There's this whole thing in the coaching world. So like, I, I'm I'm like trained as this hardcore coach now. Um, and basically what, like all the job of a coach is, is just to find out where someone wishes they were risking and they're not risking anything. Right. And this concept mm-hmm. of risk is this is, have you, have I told you guys about the four rings yet? Have we talked about the four rings, Aiden? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, so imagine this. Okay. Everybody just imagine this because it's going to make sense here. Uh, it's going to play a role in this conversation. Okay, so four rings, like the Audi logo, they sort of overlap, right? But but turn it up so it's standing up. They're standing up, right? It goes from the bottom to the to the top. Okay, so at the bottom, the first ring. This came out of research that was done. I, I either at uh, I think at Harvard. There was a book about it. A guy did a TED talk. Anyways, it's become like this this big uh, this big sort of metaphor for for uh, that that w- that they found a way to to. Uh, what am I? What am I saying here? Anyways, it's become a big deal. Just listen to it. See if you like it. I don't. I don't. Care. I don't care. <laughs> Touche. I don't care. Proceed. But it's been helpful for me. All right, just deal with it. All right. So the Audi logo is standing up, right, vertically. So the bottom, the bottom ring is stagnation. Okay, stagnation. Stagnation is a very. You know what stagnation is? Stagnation is those like those. I remember I was driving through uh, some place in. I must have been Central Valley, California. I think. Or it was like someplace where it was like there was these billboards and signs on the road that were like, if you see a puddle of water in your neighbor's yard, make sure you report them. Because it was the season where all the mosquitoes would just any any little puddle of water, any standing water anywhere, mosquitoes would just fester in them. And they would just, they would be everywhere. And so it was like literally this, like, this, like, uh, uh, a citizen's arrest situation <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> where they're, they're incentivized to like report each other. That's a kind of stagnation. I, I bring it up because it's like, we call it stagnant water. It's like water that's not moving actually just, just like, just like crap happens there, right? So stagnation is very unproductive. 
very uh it's 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 like it's and i don't know it's so it's so uh um it's so unmoving that like you can't break out you can't start moving there's no movement there's no growth there's no production in this environment that's the bottom ring one ring up from that is order okay now order is great because with order we can like we can potentially be about getting somewhere but we have an order about it right we have a we have th- now the challenge with order the second ring is that it it still has one foot in stagnation right so th- this is like the the government bureaucracies bureaucracies bureaucrats the bureaucracies that are like <laughs> that are uh that are so ordered it's almost a kind of stagnation do you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like order mm-hmm. order but then the ring above that is called complexity and this is where the research shows if we can get a human being to step into complexity, if we can create organizations that operate out of complexity, not order, what we have is we have organizations that take risks, that are in, that are in movement, that there is a vitality alive. This is kind of like the, the, the place that an, an organism, biologically speaking, is staying in an evolutionary path. He's continuing to evolve, so to speak. But the ring above complexity then is chaos. Chaos, same as stagnation, almost no productivity, right? So chaos on the top, stagnation on the bottom both of those very low productivity very unfruitful places to be order is just above stagnation all right which is good but that's like enterprise we all know the shtick about enterprise and massive corporation it's like all these little guys are able to innovate and come up with things that these that these these extremely high paid teams in corporations literally like have all the resources to come up with something and they can't do it they don't do it they like they're constantly outpaced by these little teams who are startups or whatever. That's why the old adage is that like every startup is just research and development for Google, right? That like that like <laughs> right. all these startups are just going to be picked up. Outsourced by some, innovation. It's outsourced innovation, right? Because these little teams are in complexity. They're stepping into complexity because why? Because they're not connected to this order and stagnation and like like they don't have some big behemoth that they're trying to keep you know <laughs> right. keep feeding over time. So anyways, the four rings keeps coming up for me in conversations. I thought I'd, you know, do a, do a version of it here. The, it sounds like the complexity piece is what you stepped into, Jen, when you were like, okay, so hold on. I'm ordered in this day job. I have this order uh-huh. in this day job. And you actually like literally stepped out of that into like, what the hell? Like just getting jobs that you're like, I could walk in. So I'm curious, like what it, first of all, does the complexity versus order thing resonate with you? And then second of all, can you, can you briefly tell us about some of the kinds of jobs that you were getting? Sure. Um, yes, it resonates so much. I haven't heard the four rings and, uh, once you've really got into it, I was like, Oh yes, complexity. Totally. Cause it just felt like every day was a new adventure. I had gotten a little stagnant in the order of my old work. I'd been doing it for a really long time. Um, so yes, the complexity really excited me. And, um, I moved across the country. I actually pared down my life into a very simple way. So pardon me. <clears throat> Um, I live in a, in a converted box truck, like an old delivery van. Oh my God, you do not. You do not. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you're just like, you're like a millennial hero. 
You're like, (laughs) (laughs) you're living in a box truck? Seriously? Yeah, totally. So, um, yes. And having different, living in different parts of British Columbia throughout the year. um, And just my husband and I, we really make every season a little bit different and we just make it work for us. So that whole, this whole year has been about making it work for us. Right. And in terms of the work, uh, we landed in a small ski town called Roslyn, BC last year. And I looked around and I was like, okay, I'm, like, I'm going to wait tables. <laughs> and I got a job at this restaurant and you would think, it, you could very easily think, wow, you went from being a corporate executive, you had all these like really impressive title, loved, beloved at work, like all these good things, must have been really depressing working as a server. And I loved it. So first of all, (laughs) um, hourly, I made the same amount of money, which that's a thing, right? You know, like if you're making, yeah, if you're make if, you know, if you're good at what you do in the service industry, the tips can truly. Right, right, right. So yeah, Uh yes, absolutely. Um, and I would, that's where the working sabbatical idea came up. Cause I would tell people would be like, Oh, what are you up to in this little ski town? I was like, well, I just left my job and I sold my house and I'm living in this little vehicle and I'm so happy. Like I just love every day right now. Uh. And I feel like, I feel like I'm on a working sabbatical. I go to work, but I feel like I'm not working. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I've done serving and then bartending, um, and now I do remote uh, work. So I work for staff at Courage and Clarity. I'm a virtual assistant. Uh, that was my first real online gig, which mm-hmm. was like a, a just a dream, totally coming true. And mm-hmm. then a couple months later, I started working for Fizzle. So I always supplement my online work with. I love working with the public as long as it's not, I can't do five days a week of serving or bartending. Then I would go back down into some version of order and I would get bored and I wouldn't, you know, I would resent it. But being able to just do it a couple times a month for some extra cash and having my living expenses be so low right now, it just, it totally works. Mm. And I think that like, it's so easy to be like, oh, well, you moved into, you know, a small, a small vehicle or you moved into a tiny home. Like I couldn't do that, but I just, so many, you can say, I can't do that to anything. Anyone can say that to anything. And if you want to do something, you can do it. So like, what's your, what's your version of paring down your employment or your, your work, your stress levels so that you're enjoying your life now, not just in this magical future where you have a perfect online business that you're like making bank on. Right. So, That's dark. And you want, know, what's funny is, <laughs> So, uh, what you just made me think of is that paring down your expenses and what, what you did looks so dramatic, but what's fascinating is that like, you don't hear, and this is serious business. You don't hear about people doing that and becoming terribly depressed and killing themselves. Mm. You do hear about people totally convinced that they can't do that. Convinced they are stuck. Yeah. Working those jobs and withering away and and sometimes you know doing some very 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 dramatic things because they're under some weird illusion that there is no other option and that's the big thing is that like okay that's a really really super creative path that you took um we're not prescribing that path you could definitely follow jen's footsteps but that (laughs) is an example of like dude the canvas is blank you know you can do whatever Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um chances are there are a million things especially nowadays that you could do to if you pay your expenses down far enough, um, 
you kind of do anything. You know, we did that gig episode last week. That's a great example. There's so many things there. Um, and you know, bartending, there's all the conventional stuff, bartending, serving, all this stuff is super, super easy just to kind of pop in and pop out of. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I mean, it's not really dramatic comparatively. It's, okay. Yeah, that's what you were just giving me an idea of. I'm so. I think that's a really big point. You know, Aiden. Like what you're saying is, there's actually there's potentially a lot more risk in not taking this jump um, than in taking it. Right there. Right. There is. This is. This is interesting. So back to those four rings. The reason why I brought them up is 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 thinking about you know. Anytime I put something out for fizzle, like I'm trying to be as democratic as possible. I know that some people don't have the same privileges as me, frankly. You know, I went to really good school. I grew up around cocktail parties my whole life because my parents partied like, like wonderful people. Like Burt Reynolds. Like like Burt Reynolds. And, (laughs) and it was just like, you know, like like I was just shaped, you know, like, by the way, this whole conversation about privilege and about all this stuff, it's a serious thing. The number one privilege that any of us could have is like parents who like were just present in some way, you know, who are, who, who loved us. And so, and it's like this massive privilege. It's just a lot of people really just don't have in that way. Right. So, right. so there's, there's, I'm constantly trying to think, is this something that everybody could do? And I, and I, you want to talk about stagnation. Like that's the place where I go today to just let dreams die because I don't know. I don't know if everybody can do it, but when you started talking, Jen, about going like, no, I left my day job. Okay. And I took a kind of, and I actually want to hear a little more specific. When you left your day job, did you already know what you were going to do? Were you like, I'm going to the ski town and I'm going to take this job as a waitress or a server? Or did you, did you kind of go like, I'm stopping this. We're going to see what happens and I'll have more time to figure out what could happen. And so the decisions I'll make will be more informed in some ways. What, what was it for you? Yeah, it was the second choice. Okay. <laughs> so it was, I'm just going <laughs> to hey. leave it wide open and right. leave it up to the universe to see how it, how it plays out. Okay. So and we then- had some money, we had some money saved up because we sold our house. Okay. So again, it was just, you know, choices that we made. So we had a little cushion and some time and I took my first true <laughs> month off work since I was, I think 15 or 16 and then i was just rejuvenated and it all fell into place oh my god that's so that's so great okay so this is also risky oh my god so risky when i think about Mm -hmm. selling my house i'm like what are we gonna buy the next house with (laughs) don't touch that money (laughs) don't touch that damn money i was just so stingy about i'm like so afraid like we're not gonna have money to put it on another house i just love how risky all this is this is so risk but but what it's what it stands out as is a kind of well, and I have to say, frankly, I hear a kind of faith in you. I hear a kind of trust in you, uh, like that. It that it that like I can do this. Like we'll figure it out. We'll see where it goes. Right? I think Absolutely. there's there's something really magical about that, and something that for me and all my you know psychedelic journeys and meditative practices and all this other stuff, it's a thing I keep coming back to as like a, an honest struggle for me to just trust uh, anything out there to feel like I'm not just brutally uh, and profoundly sort of on my own. And I have to make my right. reality, whatever I want it to be. And, and if That's I a lot mess of responsibility, yeah, if I mess up, it's all on me, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, and that's something my wife and I are like, she's a partner in crime with me uh, in life now. And, and she has these dreams and, I, and I'm getting to support her. And in doing that, I'm realizing she's always been supporting me and I've never really quite been alone in any of this. You know, right. and that's that's a really magical thing to do that in a partnership, to do that with a with a spouse of some kind or some sort of life partner, 
it's it's a kind of it's a kind of I don't know it, it it's it's an element that's there. Whenever we're talking about dear listener, whenever we're talking about anything on this show, we're always only ever talking about one element at a time, and it's very challenging for us to understand in what ways the thing we're talking about is actually intrinsically and profoundly related to all these other things, connected and affected by all these other elements that we're not talking about. Right. So it's like if you quit your day job and just, you know, trust, uh, trust the universe and just go like it was it was I think, Jen, it was your attitude that that is that I look at in this whole thing. And I go, well, if someone's got that attitude, I kind of don't worry about them very much. Right. You know, I kind of think (laughs) they're going to be okay. I kind of think they're going to find their way. Do you you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't quit your day job if you're convinced that you're never going to be able to find work again or that <laughs> right. it's all going to crumble and fall apart. But if <laughs> you're delusional, suggest- go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I know my story is pretty polarizing, too. Like, I'm sure there's people listening that are like, okay, hold on. You had you had real estate and you let it go. And now, you know, what do you have? What are your investments? You know, there's a very practical side to all of this that I'm sure some people are just shaking their heads, but everyone has different priorities, things that make them feel comfortable and good. And for my husband and I owning a house, wasn't that, you know, being able to pick up our house and move it wherever we wanted that's what makes us happy. Yeah, so right. we do what makes us happy. Oh my goodness. How? It's literally like a wet dream for the future <laughs> that I'm, that like, I see the, so I, like, it's like, it's like Instagram's collective wet dream is what it is. Hashtag van life. <laughs> hashtag right. van life. Exactly. I you followed that. Follow me. I followed that <laughs> hashtag for a little box, while. Yeah. At box truck Tessa. Okay. On Instagram. <laughs> box truck tessa we'll put that in the link in the description yeah. below and we could follow along jen's story i love that that's awesome so um okay so we're taking this risk now i want to go back to this attitude idea and question for you um looking back knowing the people that you know in your life like the people that you're close with right i bet i bet there's a lot of people that you're close with and that you know that a would never have made a decision like the one you've made correct True. And Correct. I want you to imagine for a second someone like that, someone that you really care about, um, who is who's like a real person. You know, it's like a real person, someone you care about, who uh, they hear a podcast episode on some, you know, uh, some business show that was like named about how businesses fail, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like there was some inspiring lady on there talking about how she just quit her job. And she was going to look for work that wasn't as draining uh, so that she could focus more on her on her business that she wanted to build. Um, what like 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 imagine you hear this person say like, I'm really inspired about this. Smart I'm think- lady. I'm <laughs> thinking imagine you're like, but imagine this person you care about going like going like I'm thinking of quitting my job. I'm going to put in my two weeks uh, notice tomorrow. Um, what? It- like you, oh. like what advice do you have for this person about how this how how to be in this transition what um what con- i don't know what comes to mind for you as i'm thinking again about all the people from all the different walks of life and all the different stories who are listening to this and all the different situations right there's something so utterly profoundly inspiring about the idea that i could just literally stop tomorrow and just and go like okay stop and then, and then go to bed, like, like have a day for yourself, just relax, wake up the next day and wonder 
about what should we do now? Where, what kind of job should we get just to, cause, cause you know, I, I was a server for a long time. I, 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 I love serving in its own way. I hated it in its other ways. You know, it's like, it, Oh, Chase, I would love you as my server. We yeah. would, you would be at my table nonstop. I would. You, get, you know, it's the I totally Chase, would. You need to serve at Jam. I would Hawthorne. sell the you most. Sit right in. I would sell the most. The thing that's funny about me, and I've always balked at this. I'm ba- I'm just a sales guy. I'm just a like a char- right. like a charming kind of sales guy. If I have something like actually good to sell, like I'm on, I'm unstoppable. If I have to make up the something that's good to sell, like I've done with Fizzle, it's like <laughs> it's just constant nightmares. <laughs> it's just constant nightmares. So because like I'm like it's not good enough. It's never good enough. It can't be good enough. It won't be good enough. Look at these people. They don't even know. Uh, like it's they're missing it or whatever. Right? It's like I'm constantly in my own head. But I want to hear your advice um, to to like. Or like just kind of going back to that to that time for you, like what what is the advice you would give to people out there? Like honestly, like 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 I want to say to people, you should quit your job right now, take a couple, take a weekend off, and and figure out what's next. Like just go find a server job, go find a something something. I don't know. And maybe there's certain parts yeah. of the country where there's like just no server jobs, right? I don't know. Right. Like so so I'm trying to manage the risk in this whilst also embracing the complexity of it. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, and as, uh, as sporadic and wild as my story sounds, my husband and I planned this for a year and a half. Okay. And I've, I've also heard of people who travel full time or who move, you know, into a, a tiny living space or uh, go nomadic and they plan as long as five years. So the idea is that you know what you're getting into, you know why you're doing it. So that was huge. You know, what's your big why? What's the driving force behind making all of these changes? Um, how are you going to leave your job on the best terms possible? Or as Aiden will probably start talking about soon, you know, what if you don't even have to leave your job? What if it could look like less hours instead of just quitting and and being as as I was. Um, but there was a lot of planning involved, you know, and we we weighed all of our decisions really seriously. You know, do we keep the house and rent it or do we take the quote unquote freedom of just letting it go and not being on the hook for, um, you know, needing to pay for repairs or whatnot. So there's a lot of decisions along the way. Um, but just trust yourself and see, see your end result. Where do you want to end up? Um, focus on that the most and then naturally all of the different decisions will come up that you need to uh decide on and you just just make your decisions be as smart about it as possible while also not saying well maybe it's just too risky and i shouldn't do it you know like think think about why you wouldn't do it is it because other people think you you know is it because of how other people would look at you uh do you truly not have transferable skills that you're confident enough that you could go and make however much money you need to make like we worked our mvi down really low last year you know like i didn't need to make that much in order to keep healthy food in our bellies and to feel safe in this world so how can you switch up your life but also keep yourself safe and not you know put yourself into financial or health danger i'm mm. certainly not suggesting that mm, okay yeah. i'm liking this there's a, there's just a lot here now i'm very curious about the planning and i love that you you specifically bring up the the like you getting really clear about why you're doing this 
what the kinds of things you want from this uh, are, right? And 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 can you remember, like, when you were planning about this, what were the sort of what were the the what what did you want to get out of this, Jen? I wanted to be able to travel in a way that wasn't just taking vacation. So I worked for an amazing company that let me take leave of absences and um, I had a really good vacation package, but I reached the point um, in my career with them where the stress of leaving for a holiday and the stress of coming back, it kind of, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it hmm. it just got harder and harder. I found the last couple of years every, and we would go for three or four weeks. You know, we're not like one week vacation kind of people. So for us, it was travel. It was seeing more of the our country. So I'm I am in Canada, uh, seeing more of the country, having more energy to be outside. Um, a big thing for me was just being able to not have an alarm clock set five days a week. Mm. You know, like, right. I don't know. Sometimes you don't need, you just accept that as normal, but you can create a new normal. Oh man. So I was I'm like, okay, like, this one so specifically is like such a damn like life changer in and of itself. Like so many people, just that, like just to think of that, I bet there's so many people out there who are like, Oh yeah, if I could just do that, that would be that would change everything. My wife and I have this like mm-hmm. trade off with our baby girl, who uh, oftentimes is sleeping in our room in a little in a little crib with like <laughs> a little like separator that of a sheet that I put up in some whatever Airbnb we're living in at the time, and uh, <laughs> and she's up early. She's up at you know six six thirty. She'll climb into climb into bed with us, and she won't be tired at all. She'll be ready to to hang out and play. Um, and we switch off. Like one of us gets to go. Uh, and get up with her and one of us gets to stay in bed and man those days when i get to stay in bed i'm i'm like i feel like it's sh- i should get up every te- every morning i feel like i should be my job every morning and and when melissa just gets up and goes i just feel like a king i feel like this is and then i but then i feel super guilty mm-hmm. i feel super guilty too so there's another element there with kids that is that's a little bit i don't know a little different but that sense of just not needing to get up for something to get to uh, go with your own biology in some ways. You will wake up. There's a there's right. a thing that happens where you wake up and you're like ready to to start the day. Most of my days, like I could stay in bed for a long time. I I, I have that sort of disposition. I'm a bit of a flaneur, a bit of a layabout. Uh, I like that. <laughs> I wish I want I want my family to come into me and but the and the challenge like now I'm I've been doing that for long enough that I I'm starting to wonder if I shouldn't be setting my alarm just individually just for me. Just for me, you know, the research is, is tells a big story. All the entrepreneurs talking about their morning routine. They tell a big story about like, man, if you just wake up at the same time every day, then you're already winning like one of the big, like some of the big stuff for managing your energy through the day, right? Your body. See, and I go for it. I what? wake up at seven every day now. Yeah. So I still wake, I wake up at seven, but just without an alarm. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. It's terrific. It's like, <laughs> it's, 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 different. A, it's a great thing. So these are all things and, and, and listener, you can just rewind back and listen back to this string of things that Jen's been putting together. These are her. Why this is her. Why this sounds what, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like you're, you're, you are explaining to yourself. You're kind of creating the picture, painting the picture for you about why this was going to be a good thing for you. What what you wanted to experience out of this. And this is where we get into some of that woo-woo stuff that I think is really important. And uh, like I gave a talk at ConvertKit, not like last year or the, or the year before the ConvertKit conference. 
And it was the, the whole gist of it was if you can't start feeling it now, you mm-hmm. won't feel it then. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like you just won't get it. And this was based off my own sort of anecdotal research or, or, and like lots of reading. This is, just keeps coming up. It just keeps coming up. Like every successful person like has some version of this story that like you get to the mountaintop and it's like, there's just another mountaintop. Like Prince had that with, with, uh, anyways, I could tell you the whole stories of all, but the, the gist is looking for, and I got this from a really weird teacher called Abraham Hicks, which is like, I don't know, <laughs> put it out there. It's weird. You could listen to it on YouTube if you want. It's just, it's just strange. Just trust me. It's strange. But it was like, I really liked listening. I really did. It really like, it affected me seriously for a few months there. Um, and, and the gist is basically that, like, what if you look specifically at your emotions, your emotional sort of feelings, and, and you realized, like, in a day job, most of us, like, the, the great example of when you're talking, Jen, about, I have this great vacation package, but every time I leave, it's harder to leave and, hard, and to come back because the workload just, like, increases like crazy because I have to get back up on top of everything and things kind of fall apart when I'm away or, or whatever. So it makes it so it's like, it's not even, it, it, you see the cost of taking the vacation. You know, you see, it, it costs you emotionally. So there's this stress like like levels. Well, if you're if you're paying attention to yourself, you can kind of see those stresses. You can see those stressors. And if you look at your emotional sort of uh, uh, what I don't know, like your barometer, like where am I right now? Where's the needle right now? Like where am I? Am I am I am I trending towards you know anxiety, neurotic? Where where like am I am I heading towards like peace? Am I like what are my what are my feelings at? And then the other question that that matters so much is well what. If I could wave a magic wand, what would I want to feel? What do I want my emotions to feel like, right? And that, to me, is the best way of framing this why question. Like, why are you leaving your job to go find minimum viable income from other jobs that, that are less taxing, right? And I, and I do see, Aiden, how this, how this dovetails so nicely Ooh. with our <laughs> last episode on the gig economy stuff. Yes, sir. But that idea of why, one of the things that I've started doing was looking at how do I want to feel? And then the question is, can I start feeling that now? Can I start feeling that now? And oftentimes I'll try to bring, bring that feeling into, into how should I then, like, into the planning, into the like, do I still want to do this? It's like, hold on, do I feel more freedom? Do I feel more uh, like lighter? Do I feel more uh, like more excited just to be alive? Whatever these mm-hmm. feelings are, are more peace, more joy, more just gratitude and like excitement that like, oh my gosh, like what's going to happen? Like I'm in this, I'm surfing right now. I, I'm not like scripted out into my 401k to the 65 years old and like, and then take the retirement and find my way down to Florida eventually. And you know, it's like, I'm not just in the, the, <laughs> the, the lane of where I just, you just like, you're like, you know, when you're on the freeway and everybody has to go the same speed, because even though like, even though you're in the fast lane, it's just so full of people. It's like, everybody's going whatever, 72 miles an hour, even in the fast lane, you could go faster if there wasn't anybody there and get around people and move around. But there's so many cars. It just sometimes feels like in life, like you're just boxed in. You can't change a lane. You can't, do you know what I mean? You're just like, you're going, you might be in the fast lane, which means you're going, you know, six miles an hour faster than the person on your right, but you still can't get off. You still can't find your own. You're you're like, you you know what I mean? Like you, you, you're, you're kind of boxed in (laughs) in so many ways. Yeah. You, you kind of, 
you just dovetailed for me too. Um, <laughs> damn, but, girl, uh, let me see that dovetailed. Ooh, shake that damn. dovetail. You know, damn. let me get that. Damn. Which the wood to the wood. Um, okay. All right. But so, so the uh, the interesting thing. So, so it's super, super important for me to look at like that. You know how I want to feel thing, right? But what I was just considering is that it's a lot easier to to try and make sure I don't feel the way I don't want to feel. Because I, it's a lot more visceral. Okay, so you're saying you're at, saying pay attention to what you don't want to feel, and fo- right. and focus on not feeling that, which which to me right. may maybe feel like it, then you're kind of always grateful that you don't have that like uh, suicidal depression going. Yeah, it's really easy to be <laughs> grateful for that. It turns out. <laughs> um, so, but but yeah, it's like this. Uh, if I really examine the worst case scenarios of, of taking the risk of a similar risk to what Jen is talking about, uh, it's pretty unlikely that it's going to be as bad as some of the ways I feel like when I'm boxed in, when I'm trapped, when I'm in the cage, right? Cause money doesn't change the way I feel about the cage. I've found, you know, it's mm. still a cage. They've got all these really, really old anecdotes about the gilded cage and how even being wealthy and trapped, you're still trapped. Um, so it's really easy for me to look at my current situation, uh, subjectively, um, and say, I am trapped. This feels X, Y, Z. And, uh, it's, it's a lot easier for me to create action steps to not feel like that in a new situation as well as kind of thinking, um, yes, if I don't do these things and I don't feel these ways, process of elimination dictates that I'll probably feel fulfilled. I'll probably feel happy and calmer. Uh, the implications of not waking up to an alarm, very, very simple, super, super powerful, you know? Yeah. So um, it, it's really just like comparing, comparing not waking up to an alarm to working 50 hours a week for someone. Um, I, the choice is clear and I can really easy, it's really easy to imagine uh, which one I would prefer. Okay. This is really and fascinating. Yeah. This is really fascinating. <laughs> Jen, did you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say that it's important to, recognize your energetic state. So if you're wanting to build a new business, but you're in a really stressful day job, and then you leave your stressful day job and you feel stressed about trying to build your quote unquote dream business, like the energy around that, like is not fun, you know, like what good creativity will come out of you adding more stress to your life. So I think that's a big piece of this for me. And again, like, no, you don't have to quit your job and move into a tiny home, but like, what is that version of it for you so that you're not just stressed at your day job, coming home, stress, trying to build something. I see it in fizzle a lot, you know, and people say that they don't have the time or they, they feel tired, they're exhausted, well, they end up giving up on what they're trying to build because they haven't given that enough space to grow. Mm. Mm. Hold on. Haven't given that enough space to grow. Is that really what we're talking about here is how much space does your business really need to grow? I mean, when I say business, it's funny because now, like nowadays, I've worked with so many fizzlers over the years that I like when I say business, I'm really talking. It's like this box. Okay. Imagine like moving house and, and, you know, you've just like, you've got a box and you just throw a bunch of crap in it, you know, from the office. It's like, there's just a, like the stapler and like a globe somehow. <laughs> it's like somehow you have, why do I have still have this globe? It just, but it awkwardly fills up so much of the box, but then you're shoving a bunch of other stuff, like some award or some picture off your desk or, or like all this stuff. And imagine that, that this box represents the things that are needed for your business. 
And, and what your business needs is it needs, you know, we can break this down fizzle language from the roadmap and you need like a value proposition. You need a minimum viable income. You need, there's all these requirements, right? And, and looking at them the way that Corbin and I have really broken that down in the roadmap over time, it's like, it's killer. It's like, it's such a different way of looking at it than, uh, than, than just like, well, here's what a business is. You know, like, like you go into the governments, like the greatest thing is like government, we made a website to help small businesses. <laughs> and you go oh, on I there. remember that. <laughs> Corbett went off. He went it was off. like, Portland just released a blog post about the things you need to start a business. And it's like, <laughs> figure out your LLC structure. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And Corbett lost it it was so funny what episode is that (laughs) it's great it's just i don't know where we how we'd find that but it it was it's it's exactly perfect right it's like here's what you need to do a business the people you listen to this is why my favorite question is who are your gurus who are people that have meant who who are basically teachers of some kind that have either inspired you or meant something to you so for some of you that'll be gary vaynerchuk or corbett Barr, um and and for others that'll be like a ram das or alan watts or a uh, you know a Larry Sanders or uh, or who knows who knows what like who's the, I'm trying to I'm like Bill Gates like what, what Elon Musk Dale Carnegie yeah Dale Carnegie right all those old guys dude you know how you know how much of our of our life would probably be improved by le- reading basically the grandfathers of this whole move yeah, of this whole Franklin. stuff <laughs> like that whole thing how to think and grow rich the power of positive thinking. Um, that whole world, by the way, there's a, there's a new author, not new, he's been at it for a while, Mitch Horowitz, and he has these great like histories of that world. He's like, no, no, you guys don't understand. These guys nailed it. They, this was the beginning of, of, of the emergence of a, of a, of a kind of like a spirituality that, that had evolved in, in, in like from the ancient times and all the way through. And this is what it looks like in a post enlightenment American new frontier. Right. So he's like, these ideas are very important. They shaped so much of what's in the philosophical landscape, just culturally. And so he has this, these great like uh, histories of, of some of these people. And anyways, I've been getting into them again. And, and, and there's, a, there's just amazing stuff in there. Anyways, I was talking about this because the question of like, who is your guru came up or who are your gurus? And uh, I, don't, I don't actually remember why I brought that up in the first place. I, I completely forgot. <laughs> like, I literally don't have it. So I'm just going to move on. Because what I, I do think was really interesting, Aiden, about what you just said is it's almost like, okay, the, one, of, one of the things that I see in life is like there's a shady side of every mountain, there's a sunny side of every mountain, right? So like there's building, building a business is like your mountain, right? And you could be on the happy-go-lucky, the sunny side of it going like, you know what? Like I just kind of do my best and things generally work out. And it's like, I'm glad that, it's, that I'm not like, I'm not suffering in poverty so much, even though compared to other people, I am. And they probably think that, I am, but there's not suffering here. This is like, this is a blast. I'm loving it. They're on the sunny side. On the shady side, it's like me and a few other cronies smoking cigarettes and leather jackets going like, no, this is worthless and pointless. Like, you know, but I guess I'll put out a blog post. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> slowly making your way up the, mountain, up the mountain, just like pessimistically, right? And both are favorites. This is like, this is the thing. It's like, it's like the, you can get up the mountain both ways and it doesn't like, you know, you can choose which side you want to be on. And Aiden, I can't tell if you're on the sunny or the shady, but this, the distinction between, um, between look at what you want to feel and aim at, at, at like feeling that now and, and then asking from that place 
of yourself, of your sort of inner guidance. Like, where, what do I feel like doing with this energy, with this sort of feeling? What, what do I feel like heading towards? Right. That's one way. And then the other way, which I love about, I love about you, Aiden, because it is, it's like you're, you're, you have a very, if people don't know this about Aiden, Aiden has a, a kind of meticulousness to him. It's a kind of like a, a practiced, Ness in him, like he's someone who's been practicing a practice for a long time. And the practice, I live the examined life. Yes, it's the examined life. And so this idea of the way that you take it and turn it, it's just more. It's like a little more considered. Mine's a little like uh, a little more fiery, a little more, <laughs> I guess, emotional, a little more like let's do it. That'll be fun. As I'm like doing like lines of coke off the table or something like that. Whereas yours is a little more like, how do you not want to feel? Notice that you're not feeling that, and don't you feel the sort of smile in your breath when you realize that? <laughs> and I and I like both of those. Right? The breath smiles. Man. Both of these. Both of these are. Yeah, I think they're both. Yeah, go. I, I was just going to say both are super super important. And that literally is just my perspective, but it's birthed from kind of uh, a lot of the the high energy considerations that that uh, folks like you Chase help me to consider because I don't start considering the same way. Um, but then I I I like my process of boiling down those considerations and kind of coming at them from different angles because there is there are two ways up the mountain right yeah i mean i I do like that um and sometimes i do have to be careful focusing on the negative stuff i'm trying to avoid because there is a little bit of cancer that creeps in when that is my mindset yeah um but for me it's a lot easier to target and destroy negative stuff in my quest for positivity Mm. than ignoring it and questing for positivity. Yeah. Just me. That's just well, my process. And this comes but, from, this yeah. from, there's some result, there's some research that we've talked about before here on the fizzle show about, um, and this was actually what Tim Ferriss's first, uh, Ted talk was about. Right. And I, and it's a conversation that I have all the time with my buddy, Jared, who I'm living with, who is profoundly optimistic and, and excited, even though there's like a lot of things that have just like, like I'm living with Jared and it's like, things just go crazy. There's like crazy stuff happens because he's been living for, he was in Africa for 10 years, working on a lot of activism, creating businesses that were getting women out of slavery, bringing those, they were making jewelry, bringing those out here and doing fashion shows and creating like, you know, there's celebrities that like wear his jewelry that was made by his, like the the ladies that he got out of poverty and yada, 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 all this stuff. Um, and and, and and like all of this way of living, it was just like, it was really fly by the seat of your pants. And that's like, he's like, that's how I like to do it. And I'm like, no, no. Like, I want it to be exciting, but I want it to be secure. I want it to feel, I want to feel like, like uh, our prospects aren't, you know, at null tomorrow if we don't sell like a certain amount of things. Like, I don't like that pressure. I, I just don't like that pressure very much up to now. Um, but this question between the the pessimism and the optimism is interesting because in the research that's been done on actual productivity, the one way that you can act, you can, uh, you can make yourself some uh, statistically significant amount more likely to succeed in any given task or project is to ask yourself what will go wrong about this and preempt sort of, and just like get your mind sort of around what could go wrong about this project. The actual pessimistic viewpoint in on it can be a real help into actually making that thing a success. And so there was a there was a, a project management or or planning thing called Whoop, which is like uh, your wish. So it does both. It does the positive and the negative. Your wish. How do you hope this thing will go? How do you hope this thing will go? Your outcome. 
which is like what's the actual result of the thing, right? There's um, your uh, it's like it was whoops. Your obstacles or so I can't remember obstacles. I think maybe like what are the things yeah, that yeah, yeah. that are going to get in the way? Like what is the stuff that's actually going to derail this? If we look back a year from now and this has been derailed, what are the reasons why? And being honest about that, and then P for plan. So that's whoop, right? Wish, outcome, obstacles, and plan. And I remember I, I, I have like some <laughs> some outline for a course that I never made in Fizzle about just using that thing. And it's just this, the, to me, what's interesting about it, and I swear to God, this is relevant to our conversation that we're having right now. I know some people are like, why are we talking about this? Weren't we talking about Jen leaving her job? Because I'm still, to me, the thing that matters so much in your story, Jen, besides the fact that it's you, and I love hearing about your story, but we're thinking about what is applicable about this to the others listening out there. What is, like, is there... Is there a smile in the breath for some people out there right now where there's a door they can literally open and walk through and find on the other side a life they didn't even think was possible, right? Where they have, they have room in their spirit, in their mind, in their heart, in their energy for like ideas that are just coming up naturally that they're able to execute and they're able to take steps towards, right? Not magically, like everything magically happens, but just like, it, it, it's like it, there's this there's this world on the other side where you don't feel quite so trapped or maybe better put as where being trapped doesn't define your experience of life. Right. You might feel like I have this trap over here that I'm in on purpose because it helps me to do this other stuff that is that is a part of my bigger life project. And in mm-hmm. that, I find this optimism, pessimism thing such a tantalizing question in the context of it because it's directly related to complexity. It's directly related to risk, like we were talking about before. I want to help people um, understand and mitigate the risk. Entrepreneurship, we've said before on this podcast, is a big thing of Corbett's. Entrepreneurship is just risk mitigation. It's saying, right. I have $10, I want to turn it into 20 <clears throat> in the least risky amount of, uh, like in the least r- risky way possible. So I'm more likely to turn it into 20 uh, this way than any other way, so to speak. Or, or it's just like, in, in a certain amount of time. And re- entrepreneurship is just looking at risks and, and assessing them and then taking those risks, right? The risk that is the most sort of, uh, you know, we got that. And another thing is like the risk and reward, right? So think about the risk of Jen leaving her job and the reward that she's found on the other side, right? There's just all of this con- concept, conceptual stuff around risk in entrepreneurship. So I want to help people to understand the risk whilst also embracing the complexity. And I think that that is such a, a helpful term. I wish I wish I would have had that earlier. You know, this concept of complexity, of stepping from order into complexity, order which devolves into stagnation, complex, like order that let reaching up in or out into complexity. We're stepping forward into complexity, right? It's just a big, big deal. It's such a big deal. It's what, it's where entrepreneurship is. It's also where romance and love is. It's also where, um, kind of passion and excitement and, and, a, like a gratitude for life can really be is in that complexity. So for people thinking out there, I'm trapped. I don't have mm-hmm. a way. I need to create my business. Oh, my business, I don't have energy for it. Oh, it's never going to work. I guess I mm-hmm. should just try taking one step after the other and just and believe on it, you know? And now I'm part of the, the Fizzle, uh, you know, forums, and I'm getting inspired there. And I'm also doing more work about my business, but it might not be the work that's actually going to get my business going because psychologically, energetically, mentally, I just, 
I just am not actually, I'm not actually thinking in a way that my business is going to truly be successful. In the way that Jen, you you put yourself in a position where where you're um, you really kind of you really kind of uh, uh, like I don't know you stood up for your business in some ways. Heck yeah! Before I even knew what it was, I in my journals, it always mm. I just called it my super successful online business. <laughs> like before I had a name, before I had a website. Hold on, that's an insight. I- that's a big insight right there. <laughs> That's so huge because so many of us are, are, are like, we know we have to niche down, right? We know that there's so much noise out there. We got to niche down, right? And, and the whole question is how much, how, how much should we be niching down? And that, that, that's not like a specific, that your business is the answer to that question. <laughs> a successful business yeah. is the answer to that question. Like there's a lot of levels yeah. you could play it at, <laughs> but, but there, there's so much uh, focused on the specificity of this is my business and this is the one I'm going to stand up for. You just like you literally like moved that like like that business the specific the specific business idea that like everybody's bringing to the table you just like clear you push them all off the table and you just said here's the thing I'm committed to what will one day be on this table <laughs> and I don't mm-hmm. know I know totally. what I know is I don't know exactly what that is yet and that mm-hmm. is baller Jen that is yeah. that is a <laughs> baller move because <laughs> what it does is it is it honors the fact that you don't know everything one. You don't know everything right now. And, it, and then the second part is it honors the fact that you don't know everything yet, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know everything yet because you know that it's going to, over time, it's going to evolve and develop and change and shift just like you have been. And this is what's so interesting about, to me, what I call a personal business idea. Um, I, I, mean, I guess I called it that now because I just said it. Uh, this, this idea <laughs> that, like, that a business can kind of uh, almost erupt out of a person's sort of earnest exploration of their own life and self and community, right? I love that because then you're operating less out of an opportunistic sort of mindset. Not that, I mean, you're still looking for opportunities and getting it out there, but like it's this, this kind of like there's a little more sacredness. And I, I'm, I'm just really kind of hokey about that. Like, honestly, I'm just a dad with daughters about that. I'm like, oh, follow your heart, baby. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I want that to be the case because I've always wanted that to be the case for me. Have I found it, Jen? I don't know. But it's, like, <laughs> I get juiced up hearing you talk about your thing. Do you know what I mean? This whole yeah. thing is so liberating sounding to me. Does it, do you feel liberated? Oh, absolutely. I, as soon as I found Fizzle, I was like, I know I'm home. Like when you released the journaling course, mm. I was like, okay, hold on. Like business, serious business, learning how to make money, like all the real right stuff. And also like journaling and mindset and positivity and passion. And um, yeah, I feel, I feel free. I feel so good. Mm. And I actually you could see photos from me before I made this big complex move in my life. And like, I look healthier, you know, I just look more rested Mm. and it's not always easy. It's not like, Oh, now everything's perfect. Like I live in 112 square feet. It's, you know, some days I want to flip my truck over and move into a big house, but most days and generally like it was just the right decision for me. So just space, it's creating space, you know, like you can say that you're minimizing risk by staying in your job that you hate, but then you run the risk of hating your job and not building the thing that you love. Mm. That's that sounds way more risky to me. Okay, well, it sounds like what we might have to do is have you back on the show to talk about this very same thing again and just focus on the rich tips. 
because we're out of time cool. now. We went we went too far, I think, and I, <laughs> and I think there's some rich tips. And there's a whole other element here, which we we didn't really get to get into, which is this concept of of you can maybe you can get maybe you can restructure things with the job you already have. You don't have to leave mm-hmm. that job. You can restructure okay. things, which is a little more complex. It's a little more complicated. But in some ways, if you have the relationships there, if you believe enough in the organization there, if they believe enough in you, uh, there's, there's a way through there that, that is uh, potentially even smoother, potentially even a better mitigation of that risk that, that you could take. But ultimately, I just think for a lot of those people, especially within a certain age range, I don't know, maybe I'm seeing a certain age range, but maybe it's like, Maybe it's really, it's like Kathy, 55 in New Mexico, who is just like hearing this and she just goes like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to do it. Yes. I've got some savings. I'm going to be, I'm, and, I'm, and I could be a server. Like, I'd be a great server. I, I've, I did that through my 20s. Like, I can go do that and I'll just won't drop the ball. Right, because this whole thing about being a server is just don't drop the ball. And many of us who are servers, we, my wife still have that dream. She's like, I had the dream again, where you have the tables and you, you just can't get the stuff. You just to can't it. get to them. <laughs> oh no! Oh god! Oh, it's so intense sometimes. Oh my goodness! This is why I think women are just such better servers than men most of the time. There's so there's like I just see like my wife with all those plates spinning and she just loves she kind of like gets turned she kind of gets turned on by it she's like look at me spinning these plates I got this I got this it's just that mom thing um, but Jen I w- I just I think we're not done with this conversation I think it's really inspiring I think it's a big idea um, that's so simple that you can just change your current reality you you the way that you make your money you're not trapped. What if you took a risk? What are the what are the what are like what are the bad things that can happen from that? What are the good things that can happen from that? What do you want from life? Because it just seems like this is what life is. It's it's just mm-hmm. this question about like what do you think life is, or what do you want from life? And most of us are going like, well, I don't know. I heard a four hundred one k is important. I heard we, <laughs> I heard we gotta like gotta gotta plan for retirement and stuff like that. Because who knows? Cancer. I mean, medical stuff like medical insurance. You know, that's one of the, that's one of the things, I guess it's a subtext here. Like I could, I could imagine talking about this with one of my smart friends in, in these, like, you know, where did she live again? And I'm like, oh yeah, she's Canadian. He's like, yeah, that's why, <laughs> that's why right there. That's right. the reason why, right. like, that's actually a big deal. That's a really big deal. Yeah. And, and one of those things of, of, we could call privilege or we could just call like, you know, situational realities. It's just part of the ecosystem that you're in that, that Canada has the particular, you know, health plan that, that it has in, in America has a, a, an orange raging, uh, you know, like the kind of a toy that you would find in a cereal box as a president, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like a very different story in some ways. But I loved hearing your conversation today, Jen. I loved hearing your story. Thank you for sharing it so uh, freely. Thank you for being such a, like a, like a, a warrior of some, of like, you're right. like a, you're like a spiritual gangster. Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrific. <laughs> and uh, listeners, we're going to be hearing a lot more from Jen. So Jen, you mentioned your Instagram. Is that one of the best places for people to kind of follow along like just your personal life? Yes, for for our travels, it's at Box Truck Tessa. So you can see what we're living in and just the mountains that we're visiting and, and what it's like to live on the road. Box Truck Tessa with two S's? 
Yes. Okay. Awesome. And then, uh, listener, we will have Jen back on the show. We'll talk more about how to do, uh, like, maybe some more of the specifics here. Because this was just more of, like, conceptually, let's dive in. Let's understand the elements of this. Don't you think, Aiden? This was, like, a like a kind of, like, a. am fired up to, like, learn more now. You know what we need to do is we need to do a course on this now. It's like, this is, go right? listen to this episode, yes. and now there's a course on it in Fizzle. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Yep. Sign me up. Okay, guys. Uh, that is. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Aiden and uh, Jen, for being here. Thank you, guys. This was awesome. This is episode 309 of the Fizzle Show. So all the show notes here, you'll be able to find at fizzleshow.co slash 309. That's fizzleshow.co slash 309. And as always, if you want to check out the roadmap inside of Fizzle, which will guide you through every step. If you want to find that, like, sort of like, I don't know, that, that, that home for entrepreneurship that, that Jen was talking about here, fizzle.co slash try five. Gets you five weeks for free. That's just our gift for, just for the podcast listeners. Uh, fizzle.co slash try five, T-R-Y five. Gets you five weeks for free. Uh, you know, our gift to you for just taking a chance on listening to a show called Fizzle which we've constantly gotten email about. Like, do you know that that's, that's like when a thing like fizzles out and we're like, yeah, I know. That's exactly why. <laughs> that's exactly why we named it that way. <laughs> and because it's like a six letter word with two Z's in the middle. And we, it just made sense on the spreadsheet for names that we had uh, as options, which is also <laughs> yeah. a course inside of fizzle, <laughs> how to name your stuff. Um, thank you guys for listening. Find care, take care, serve hard and dig in. We'll talk to you next week on the fizzle show. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.